year I turned 12. The age where you transfer from boy to man. It's the little things that you remember all your life. First hit, your first kiss, the first time your dad lets you know that he sees you. Well, I still hadn't had the other two, but boy, did that third one feel good. Would you stand up and walk out on Happy Wonder Wednesday, everybody. Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Well, today I am continuing my coverage of Season 1 with Season 1, Episode 5, entitled The Lock-In. This episode aired October 20th, 2021. In this episode, Dean is reluctant to attend the annual church lock-in until Kim tells him it's where she got her first kiss. Then he enlists his friends to help him pair up with Kisa. (laughs) So, yeah, let's see here. We got Corey, we have Brad, of course, and Kisa, the main three besties of main character Dean. We have Milan Marsh playing Charlene. We have Andrew Tull returning as Hampton. And we have Caleb Black as Norman. I don't believe we've met this character yet, but going forward, I do see Norman in other episodes. So based on the, you know, scenes stills i've seen from the scenes of episodes i have yet to cover for season one we have frank oakley the third or oakley i'm sorry the third as pastor relaford and casey j bradley as tammy and madison also Brooke as Margaret. So I'm thinking these girls are most likely Kisa's friends because it's a boy and girl locking in a church. A bunch of 12 year olds. I'm thinking, yeah, like, I don't know. (laughs) Boys and girls together overnight in a church. I mean, I'm sure they'll keep them separated. So, all right, this episode's got a 7.2 out of 10 based on 84 ratings. Directed by Molly... Mc, McClin? Is that how you say her name? Let's see what she's directed. So one episode of The Wonder Years. She directed two episodes of the show Keenan. Also eight episodes of Bless This Mess. Two episodes of Grownish. One episode of Speechless. Speech. Speech. Let's see what else. And she's got a bit of a director's resume here. Good for her. These are all director's credits, aren't they? Oh, yeah, they are. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I click on that, and I think it's, like, filmography. Like, oh, they directed. Oh, they only started. Okay, gotcha. All right. Writers. Saladin K. Patterson. Neil Marlins. The original creator of the OG Wonder Years. Carol Black. Also OG creator of the Wonder Years. Written by M. Amberia Allen and story editor Amberia Allen. Staff writer Diavira Danny Batista. Oh my gosh, I, I feel horrible. I'm mispronouncing names left and right. Like this next one Yao Y A E L Galena 
staff writer, and Yamin Siegel, staff writer. I'm sure... I feel horrible when I can't pronounce names. I just, I feel horrible. Like, I should know how to pronounce them. All right. There is no trivia for this episode. But there is one user review, which I'm holding off because I'm holding off to read till the end of the episode because, as you know, if you've been listening, with the Wonder Years, the pilot, it, when I covered that for the podcast, was my second viewing. Maybe it was actually my third, because I played it for Jeremy, who sadly wasn't that interested in it. Um, But going forward, the reactions you're getting from me are watching it for the first time ever. Like, I'm watching it for the first time, and I'm giving you my opinions of it, and just the, the shock value at some things, like, whoa, wow, wow, I wasn't expecting that, and even some things, you know, my hypothesis, my guesses on certain outcomes, and then finding out most likely I'm wrong, so, yeah, if you want to follow along with the podcast, just go to Facebook, look up the Wonder Years podcast, looking back at my Wonder Years, the Wonder Years podcast will come up, like, and follow so that way you can stay tuned for the episodes. I'm currently covering them week to week. I'm basically trying to get it so that way when I cover the eighth episode, wait a minute, hold on, let me go back. The ninth episode, which is Home for Christmas, that comes out December 1st, but I won't be covering that episode until, (laughs) until, I think I'm going to, probably put that out there Christmas Eve because also that week I'm also going to be putting out season one episode eight science fair so look for both of those that week they're not going to be crammed into one episode they're going to be separate episodes within themselves so yeah separate singular released episodes also if you're looking to follow along on Instagram you can do so at the the Wonder Years Boy Meets World pod. Now, I know I have not been doing many episodes of Boy Meets World. That's just because that's one of those projects that I got it. I'm still excited to, you know, cover episodes of that in Girl Meets World, but with my other podcasts kind of at the forefront right now, I'm kind of focusing on those. And then when I'm done with those, I can focus on some of my other podcasts that have kind of been put on the back burner for now. So, all right, without further ado, let's jump into the lock-in and see if Dean does, in fact, get his first kiss and whether it's with Kisa or another girl. Granted, I do follow the cast on Instagram, and I did already get spoiled the, about the first kiss. So I'm not going to let you know. If you haven't watched the episode yet, I'm not going to let you know whether he does or does not get his first kiss with Kisa. So leave you in suspense if you haven't watched the episode yet. I guess that's what happens when you follow the young cast members, especially the boy who plays Dean because uh, EJ Williams, because like I said, the show is farther along than I currently am. So, yes, I am kind of getting a little... I'm trying to stay away, so I'm not getting, you know, too, too spoiled about things. So, yeah. 
All right, let's jump into this episode. I'm excited. All right, let's see the cold open here. We got Dean in the bathroom, of course. He's wearing a white tank top. He's flexing in the mirror. And, of course, adult Dean, voiced by John, uh, Don Cheadle, comes on and says, being a 12-year-old in the 60s is the equivalent of being in your 20s today. So, pretty much he's talking about 2021, I guess. <laughs> and I don't get this at all. What What is that? Mm, I don't know. What What does that mean? Are you equating, like, a 20-year-old to the mind of a 12-year-old? I don't know. In, in a way, like, 20-year-olds are kind of young, and they're, like, the same excitement and energy level? I guess something like that. I don't know. <laughs> and adult Dean saying how we didn't have helicopter parents coddling us like fragile teacups. And Dean mentions a scar just on the back shoulder blade there that he got playing follow the leader in a cons an abandoned construction site at recess. Uh-huh. So Dean's gargling mouthwash, and adult Dean nearing the whole time says, that mouthwash there that I just gargled, uncut, would definitely today make you fail a, fail a breathalyzer test. This is the thing that kind of is wearing thin on me. It's not so much, he does a good job, you know, narrating, but it's the too many comparisons of today, you know, present day his time versus the 60s this time. It's like, oh, back in the 1968, we didn't have this, or we didn't have that. There's too much of that going on, and it is kind of, it's, it's wearing thin in my mind is what I'm saying. It's like, okay, enough's enough. We get it. We get it. Bill pops into the bathroom and says, Dean, I need you to ride your bike down to the store and pick me up a pack of smokes. And then Bill closes the door. And Dean, adult Dean says, I don't think I need to really explain that one. The fact that I guess a, a kid could go into a store and buy cigarettes for his parent. In 1968, and not have to worry about being carded for being under the age of 18. Is it? I'm wondering, is 18 even now the legal age to smoke, or did they bump it up to 21? I'm just curious about that. I swear, I thought it, like, changed. Like, I was in a store, and you know those little dates, like, if you were born, like, after this date, on this year, then you're too young, or you have to be born in this year to be able to buy alcohol or cigarettes or something. I can't remember the last time I... It's been a while since I saw those signs. And Dean says, oh yeah, because we see a stack of clothes on the toilet, and adult Dean says, yeah, my mom still laid out my clothes for me. 100% polyester. <laughs> yeah, kids back then would just, their clothes would just burst into flames. I'm thinking, okay, I'm getting tired of this. Can we not? This is just really irritating. I mean, I like the show, don't get me wrong. I like the narration, but this constant comparison is really getting old. Being 12 in the 60s was the equivalent to being in your 20s today. <laughs> 
have helicopter parents coddling us at all times like fragile teacups. That scar? <laughs> Got a plan follow the leader through an abandoned construction site at recess. That mouthwash? Uncut would make you fail a breathalyzer test. Ding, I need you to ride your bike down to the store and pick up a pack of smokes. I feel like I don't have to explain that one. for me but those polyester clothes made from 100 petroleum <laughs> kids used to burst into flames all the time so now we move to the church where they're playing on the organ when the saints go marching in and adult dean is telling us how important the church was even though it's kind of different now with church you know in present day Versus what it was in the 60s, you know, the late 60s and everything like that. And how important it is to the black community. And Adult Dean says the black churches were the American institution. Sorry, one of the most important institutions in American history. As Dean says, you know, growing up, you know, going to church, that's also something that's different now. He also says it's been a home for... You know, that's kept people, you know, black people unified during hard times. Which is good. That's good. Everyone kind of, you know, bands together. They're all kind of feeling the same, you know, pinch and everything like that. He also adds it's a social and political, um, that's sparked historic movement, movements throughout history. And Dean also says about what makes black culture unique is, you know, the black church and everything. And also, he says it's a training ground for, he says, and entertainers and a training ground for leaders and, and future leaders and entertainers. So, everybody, everybody is just rocking out. They're just... The music is just filling everybody with joy and just love and everything. And everyone, even, you know, Lillian is standing next to Dean in the in the pew and everything. And she's just swaying and everything. And just having, just having a good time. And Dean's just standing there like a bump on a log. But then again, I mean, I grew up going to Catholic church from the time, you know, when I could barely remember until I stopped going when I was I think I was 19 but the thing is you know I made my first communion when I did the first communion when I was nine I did my um what the heck is it called I did that when I was in eighth grade fourth uh when I was 14 confirmation and I just I they don't feel like I really got it was the same thing every single Sunday the standing the kneeling the you know going it's like it was like clockwork basically everything happened in order it was just the same every and I just I didn't you know and you'd sing the hymns and everything like that and then you know the the priest would read this from the scripture and you go to communion and everything and it's just, I never felt like I got, like, I got anything from going. It was a responsibility. It's like, it's, it's just what you did every single Sunday. 
And I just, you know, and when I went to a Christian church when I was 19, a friend of mine from high school had introduced me. And actually, it's kind of interesting because the church she introduced me to, I met some friends of my family, of my mom from, you know, back when I was little and everything like that. So, and some of my old neighbors. And it was really, really great to be able to be reintroduced and just see a different way of, you know, worshiping and, and singing and just applying passages from the Bible to real life and everything. And it just really opened up my mind as to, you know, just seeing the Bible in a different way. And I'm going to be honest, I mean, I don't really, haven't read the Bible in quite some time. You know, I'll flip through it and stuff. But I just, I don't know, I think I just need to find the right, the right place down here. Or necessarily people say, you know, maybe you don't even have to necessarily go to a church to worship and, you know, talk to God and everything like that. But you know, just you you find them in your in your own way and what works best for you. Whether that's reading from the Bible in the mornings or on a daily basis, or just or just however. And be, being this episode is called the Lock In, where Dean and his friends stay. It's almost like it sounds like it's a sleepover. For the kids that go to church there, I'm guessing. But then again, as I've said, I don't watch these episodes ahead of time. So I'm just going in with the barest of bones synopsises and just being surprised by things that I get wrong. And I think, honestly, for me, I mean, I don't know, hopefully, if you guys get something out of this. But, you know, me watching this not knowing what's going to happen and even giving my own guesses to scenes later. Like, I think this is going to happen or this person's going to react this way. I like doing that. I just, I find it enjoyable. So, let's continue. So, Dean's watching the clock kind of go around in a circle. And he actually has to lift his glasses up so he can rub his eyes. Like, am I seeing what I'm seeing? And I don't know exactly how long church lasts. I thought in the second episode... He said it lasted like two to three hours. Church for me and, you know, Catholic church lasted an hour. And then from the time I was in first grade until I believe eighth grade, I had to go to Sunday school or religion education program or CCD, whatever you want to call it. So eight to nine in the morning, I'm going to church. 9.30 to like, or yeah, like 9.30 until like quarter to 11 or something, I'm sitting in this class. And I gotta tell you, I don't know what work, because we actually had workbooks. It's almost like going to school for an hour every single Sunday, and then you add on top your regular four days of school. So the only day you even get to sleep, and if you do, is Saturday. That's <laughs> No, it's just we did not do, I don't remember learning much of anything with Sunday school. Half the time, the teachers, who were probably volunteers, just 
we're wrangling kids and keeping kids in line from acting out and trying to stay on task. And it's just like, oh my goodness gracious sake. So Dean's church is so similar every single Sunday that when this one lady, Mrs. Pitts, I believe her name is, passes out because she's so enthused with the spirit and the singing and just joy inside of her that she passes out. Dean says that's pretty much happens every single Sunday and usually it's at the halfway point in the in the service. So Dean's like, all right, not much longer now left of the service. Thank goodness. All right, so we get the closing announcements before the service ends and the reverend mentions about the lock-in for, you know, the adolescent kids. He also mentions how his daughter Charlene is going to be attending. <laughs> uh, okay, so Charlene is the reverend's daughter. Interesting. Feels, excuse me, oh my goodness, sorry. It feels kind of, would you say kind of tropish? Like, oh, the pastor's daughter, the reverend's daughter with, or, why is it always, it seems like that is kind of a trope, like those kids are the wild ones. Like, it's almost like, I mean, you've seen Seventh Heaven. You've seen the Camden kids kind of go off the rails with Simon drinking. And Simon was, um, he's the middle son, because they end up having the two twin boys later on. And I'm just thinking about um, how Simon was the first of those kids to have premarital sex. I believe there's even an episode where he's in college and he has to deal with the fact that he has an, a sexually transmitted disease, so an STD. I'm like, wow. Well, but even still, it's like those kids felt like they're trying to break the mold of perfect preacher child by going out to... You know, being rebellious, even Lucy Camden was just wearing, you know, the alluring clothes and everything. And even even Ruthie, I mean, I stopped watching before Ruthie became a teenager. And I'm just like, good golly, Miss Molly girl. And it's all about, oh, later on in the season, the show just got really... It went off the rails. It lasted for 11 seasons. One show that actually, at first you think it's going to be like a religious, semi-religious vibe, but the show was short-lived that I liked in 96. It probably came out right around the same time as, as Seventh Heaven was Second Noah. That's right, right. Second. <laughs> I know. That's kind of, I think it's second Noah. Yeah, because they have a bunch of adopted kids and they also have a bunch of exotic animals. So, yeah, second Noah, 96 to 97. There's 21 episodes. James Marsden kind of got his start on the show. I mean, he'd been in other things and whatnot, but... Uh, Joey Lauren Adams was another one. Yeah, the show is just, it was really, really good. I li I liked it for the twins, Ranny and Danny. I mainly like, really liked Ranny, though. Because they were, the 
characters themselves are the same age as me. The actors were also the same age as me, 14. So, yeah. I know, I'm sorry, I keep going off the rails here and going off on little tangents. And Dean, of course, <laughs> thinks to himself, isn't uh, every Sunday a lock-in, basically? So now they're returning home after going to church. So Lillian is so excited when they get home for Dean's lock-in. She's like, oh, let's go get your sleeping bag. And Dean is just like, oh, you mean a church jail? And Bill tells him to watch his mouth. And he's like, hey, the choir is where I first learned, you know, from... My love of music. And he says peppermints. <laughs> so yeah. Dean is really dreading this. Which I can understand. He's really like, oh, we're all going to sit in a circle and sing church songs. And read scripture from the Bible. And sing hymns and all that stuff. <coughs> Lillian even says that she was a Sunday school leader for a very long time. So Lillian also states that the lock-in is where, you, you know, you go to kind of find yourself. And she also mentions how Kim enjoyed her lock-in. She said she had a great time. And she says, Kim, tell your brother he's going to be missing out if he doesn't go to this lock-in. I can't believe that Kim mentioned this in front of her parents. She's like, yeah, I had a great time at my lock-in. It's where I got my first kiss. And Bill just kind of side-eyes her like, uh, what now? Craig Westfield. And Kim says how she had the biggest crush on him. And we also learned Kim's middle name because Bill says it. Kimberly Lynette Williams. And adult Dean says, I think our parents just gave us middle names so that way we'd know when we were in trouble. You know that your parents never say your full name unless you are in big trouble. Yeah. My dad did that once when we were in the grocery store and I was a teenager because he was trying to get my attention because I was looking at the magazine. You know, the uh, magazines like Teen Beat and Bop and everything. And Kim kind of looks at her like, seriously, like you really don't know. I mean, it's boys and girls together overnight for the very first time. Yeah, that's not a recipe for disaster. And Kim says how the pastor always falls asleep after lights out. But Bill is still hanging out of that. Who's this Craig boy? What's this? <laughs> like, she probably, I don't know. I, I, I haven't seen him in years. I don't know. Or like, oh, he like dropped out of school and is working at such and such. Something like that. And she says, Dad, come on. It was five years ago. She's like, oh, he's getting out of the chair, going over the phone, like, oh, you said his name was Westfield, right? Where's that phone book? She's like, Dad, come on. Like, okay, yeah, it's it was five years ago, he probably don't even remember. And Kim said, Dad, don't pin this all on me, alright? There uh, we weren't the only two that were kissing that night. 
And Dean is now seeing this as an effort, this lock-in as a great opportunity to have his first kiss. Yeah, he's hoping he gets his first kiss with Kisa. So we go into Dean's fantasy world. He's dressed like a soldier, and Kim is wearing a black dress holding a red rose. He enters a room, goes over to Kisa, takes her, dips her, and then as he leans in to kiss her, he comes out of the fantasy world into reality. <clears throat> and Lillian actually supports Kim. Like, whatever went on between her and this boy is between the, them and God, okay? Just relax. <laughs> Dean says, hey, Mama, you know, on second thought, maybe I should go to the lock. He is too happy. He's like, yeah, you know, get closer to God. I'm thinking, I know who you want to get close to, buddy. And I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bill is like, Lillian, are you sure we want Dean to go to this lock-in? I mean, after what Kim just said. <laughs> Lillian says, I mean, why not? Come on, I mean, it's just Dean. It's like, oh, yo, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> no girl's going to want to kiss your, your son? Like, come on. Oh, my son's not capable. No girl's like my son. He's not there yet. She probably still thinks of him as her little boy. And Dean is just thinking, like, uh, just Dean. He says that sucked as my campaign model for sixth grade treasurer, tre treasurer and it still sucks now. Oh, my goodness. Apparently, Lillian su suggests herself to be a chaperone. Oh, boy. Well, Kim, maybe you shouldn't have said anything. But then again, I'm sure Lillian still would have, like, you know what? Maybe I should chaperone. Have there ever been chaperones of this lock-in thing? Apparently not. And Dean's like, well, why did, would you do that? And she says, because in this house we lead by example. And it's been so long since I taught Sunday school. So yeah, any chances him get of him getting a kiss with Kisa or any other girl is just well, that's going out the window. I mean, if Lillian chaperones, yeah, because she's like, you know, it'd be good for me to get back and you know, give back to the church and everything. And you know, if I'm asking you to go, then you know, maybe I should help out. You know, it looks better that way. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious sake. She also adds, besides, it'll be something fun we can do together. Because she still thinks of Dean as her little boy. And just like, oh, this will be so much fun us doing this together. <laughs> so she kisses him on the forehead. Says, me and my little man. And we jump back into Dean's fantasy as he's holding Kisa. You know, he dipped her and he's leaning in for the kiss. And all of a sudden he just drops her. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And Dean's like, yeah, fun. Missing out. Oh, I actually had a great time with my lock-in. I got my first kiss. 
How are you saying that in front of your parents, Excuse girl? Me. a cold open <laughs> that little bit there pretty much tells you what the plot is and <laughs> going forward so you know it's all about is Dean or is he not going to get his first kiss all right so we're back in school Dean is just filled with this information about what happened with his sister at the lock-in. So he tells the guys, like, this is going to be epic. If you're looking to get your first kiss, odds are it might happen in th at the lock-in. And <laughs> Hampton <laughs> takes his suspenders and kind of snaps his thumbs underneath. And he's like, ow. <laughs> and Dean says how it was cool having Hampton in our group because he, being so uncool, made me look like Sydney Poitier. So here's where we're introduced to Norman, and Dean says, you know, he liked Norman because Norman knew pretty much everything on adult matters. We see that he's looking at it, he's doing a crossword puzzle book, but when we look at what he's writing, he's just writing boobs and all the white blocks. And Dean's like, turns out later I found out he really knew nothing about adult matters. So, Dean really sells us, like, Kim told me that everyone makes out at the church lock-in. And Dean's kind of thinking of, like, if he wants to convince his buddies to go, like, this is the way to sell this. It's, it's basically going to be one huge make-out party. And Dean says, with the lights out. And Corey right away is like, hey, man, count me in. I'm there. <laughs> And Hampton's like, oh, yeah, me too. And Hampton says, me three. My mom told me there's Bible Jeopardy and us all together we could demolish. And 
Dean had to like, no, 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 Hampton, seriously. Um, <laughs> I'm talking about meeting girls and kissing girls. We're not talking about Bible Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, Dean says, no, Hampton, we're going because of the girls, okay? And Hampton's like, yeah, girls. Do you want to know who Hampton reminds me of? He reminds me of Vern from Stand By Me. I've only, well, no, we met him in um, the uh, the club episode. But he just, I don't know why, but he's just giving off Vern from Stand By Me vibes. Kisa, did she, she passes Dean and his friends and waves. I think she specifically waves at Dean. And Dean is just like, yes, I can't blow it. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm excited for him with whoever he gets his first kiss with. Whether it's Kisa, whether it's Charlene. Was it Charlene or Charmaine? I think it was Charlene. Yeah. I couldn't wait to tell my friends what my sister told me about the lock-in. It was going to blow their minds. I liked having Hampton around because he was so uncool. He made me look like Sidney Poitier. And then there was Norman. It felt good to be telling Norman something new because he was my friend who knew everything about adult matters. It wasn't until later that I learned he knew nothing. So Kim told me that everybody makes out at the church lock-in. Seriously? If I wanted to convince them to go, this is where I had to sell it. Put the lights out. Hey, man, count me in. Me too. Me three. My mom told me there's Bible Jeopardy. We could demolish. No, Hampton. We're going because of the girls. The girls. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's blue. So, yeah. We're in the church. I don't know whether this is like a, probably like a rec room type of thing, basement type of thing, and the pastor <laughs> is just saying, all right, well, that's pretty much the gist of it. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight. I do believe we do see Lillian off to the side. There's a cardboard box that the pastor has that it's filled with, it looks like these, like, um, stones with, like, the Ten Commandments, but, like, Roman numerals listed, on them like they're made of foam and then painted gray but um yeah and then he's like the pastor says oh you know moses always trying to get to the promised land or something like that and then Ham hampton just is like <laughs> he's funny and adult dean I honestly was frightened that this was going to take a dark turn when he says, we later learned down the road that the pastor also used those puppets in his, you know, sex ed talks or something. I'm like, okay. His teen sex ed talks. Oh my, those, uh, no, don't use the puppets for that. Oh, actually, no, another thing about that puppet of Moses, he reminds me of, what are their names? Like Waldorf and what's the other one's, the other Muppet's name? The, like the critics that are always like bah humbuggy type attitudes and stuff like that. I know one's Waldorf, but I can't remember. I think the one is Waldorf, but I can't. Let me, I want to look that up right now because that's going to bug me if I don't find out. Let's see. Muppets. Waldorf. And Statler, okay. Waldorf and Statler, that's who they were. And, 
Oh my gosh. Norman looks around at the girls like, nice, lots of solid options here, fellas. And Dean's like, yeah, right? Of course, we see Kisa with one of her friends. So, Corey's already calling dibs on Linda or, well, maybe Tracy. Hampton yeah, says, Tracy looks like marriage material. <laughs> and Dean says, I can finally take Kisa off the table as far as, like, she's off limits. Even though Corey and Kisa shared their first kiss. Corey is really weighing these options here. He says, well, Linda's taller, because I'm tall, but Tracy has braces like I do. Well, I don't know, buddy. It sounds like a tough, tough choice to me. Norman brings up a good point as he says, metal on metal, that could be a bad scene. I was just thinking about that. Like, I don't, I didn't know anyone, well, I can't say I didn't know anyone with braces, but, I mean, I don't think I knew a boy and a girl together wearing braces or anything like that, so... I just kind of, yeah, that that's always piped me about with, you know, the kids with braces. Like, how do they without... But then if, you, if you're not opening your mouth and you're just, like, you know, kissing, you know, lips on lips, then braces shouldn't even be bothering to come into play if you're not opening your mouth. Okay, I don't know what in the world, Dean, adult Dean, again... It's like, by the way, this is how Facebook starts in about 40 years. So Norman's like, Kisa or Lori? Kisa or Lori? You know, I'll go with Lori. And of course, Dean's like, oh, good choice. Didn't Dean just pretty much say that Kisa was off limits? Ay, ay, ay. Norman's impressed with Lori because she did three curl-ups on the physical fitness test. And Corey says, hey, man, congrats. I mean, that's three more than you did. <laughs> And of course, Dean's, I want Kisa for me. And Hampton says, we all know that you want Kisa. You've made that abundantly clear at least five times in the last two minutes that we've been standing here. Yeah, and Hamilton asks, what kind of horrible friends would we be if we picked her? And I'm just thinking, the look that Corey and Dean kind of exchange with each other, like, oh, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, Dean narrates that in junior high, girls always had the upper hand, but Dean says we were about to turn the tables. Like, yeah, sure you are. Uh-huh. All the girls have to say is no, and then what are you going to do? Yeah. Not to mention, what's the boy-girl ratio at this lock-in? I mean, is it an equal amount of boys and girls? Clearly somebody's going to be left out. Dean says it felt good to finally be in control. Newsflash, Dean, you're not in control. <laughs> That's the schedule for tonight. As you can see, we have lots of fun stuff planned. So take a minute, get your bearings, and have a break. You're in for a real treat. Uh, <laughs> you know Moses, always trying to get to the promised land. <laughs> He's so funny. A few years later, we sadly discovered the pastor also used those Old Testament puppets in his teen sex ed talks. No, the... Nice. <laughs> Lots of solid options here tonight, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I'll go dibs on Linda. Wait. Maybe Tracy. Yeah. Tracy looks like marriage <laughs> material. I can take Kisa off the table. Linda's taller. 
surrounded by like three girls and they all apparently have their own agenda and they're filling Dean in because they have made a checklist of the guys that they want to hang with and Dean is like what you made your own list like well hello you think it's just about you guys finding girls to kiss no it's also about girls finding the boy they like best to hang with so yeah, one of them has a list and says we match the girls with the boys that they want and we need your help. So, I guess Dean is going to be the one helping the girls get the boys they want by pairing them off or making certain that these situations with a certain girl and boy, like, work out so each girl gets the boy they want. So... <laughs> Dean is like, oh, can I say something? And the three girls just like throw their heads back and roll their eyes like, oh boy, here we go. But he's like, well, I'm one of the boys too. And I can guarantee that they think that Dean is kind of a goody-goody, so they don't really count him. Yeah, he says, why do you need my help? I'm one of the boys too. All there's more than one, there's more than three. There's like at least four or five girls there. And they all like... <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is the funny thing I've heard in a long time. No, they don't see him like they see the other boys. And I, I'm not saying it's because, you know, he's wearing glasses or something, but Dean does not come off as, like, because those girls, I'm sure they, like, they want to date, like, kind of sort of like a bad boy, like, oh, mom and dad wouldn't approve, this boy's got a rep, you know, that kind of thing. Or just the boys, like, they think are, are more boy than what Dean is. See, they want a tiger when Dean is, like, just a little, just a little kitten. Or, I don't know, I'm just throwing it out there. Here comes the slogan. Yeah, she says, you're not like the other boys. You're just, uh, you're just Dean. Oh! <laughs> that should just be put on its forehead. Just Dean! <laughs> It's almost like they're saying, like, he's just kind of average, like, why am I, oh my gosh, I'm getting, like, kind of a, a millhouse vibe from The Simpsons with Dean, a little bit, but I think it's more just coming from this girl's kind of tone and perspective. She views him, remember how, <laughs> that episode, I think it was, like, too much density or some, date with de density or something, but Lisa... Light had a crush on Nelson, the bully, and asked Milhouse to pass a note to Nelson. Say, oh, well, I don't like you that way, Milhouse. You're more of a big sister. And, and Milhouse says, no, I'm not. Why does everyone keep saying that? 
But she also says, I want to bring out the Millhouse and Nelson. And Nelson says, no, Millhouse says, but I'm all Millhouse. <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting Millhouse vibes from, I think it's just from the, with the, the way this girl is just like, you're just, yeah. Like, yeah, you are a guy, but you're also kind of not. Like, so... Adult Dean narrates and says, I was also just Dean in my sophomore year of college. And he says, thanks, Stephanie Peters. Yeah, he's, he had a crush on a girl named Stephanie Peters in his sophomore year of college. Yeah, when Stephanie Peters had Dean try on shirts that she was buying for her boyfriend. So he's in the friend zone. So if that's the case, and he's talking about sophomore year of college, which would be less than 10 years into the future, then that, if that's the case, then that means that he and Kisa, whether they dated in high school, who knows, because we haven't gotten that far. But they clearly aren't dating in college because he's got a crush on a girl who's having him try on shirts that she wants to buy for her boyfriend. Like, he's the nice, nice guy who doesn't want to be friend-zoned. He's like the Jackson of Fuller House and trying too hard with Lola in seasons one and two of Fuller House. So the girl's reading the list. She's like, all right, Corey is with Tracy. Well, that's cool, because, you know, Corey's kind of getting what he wants, because he is thinking about Tracy, so there we go. And I think they matched him, because they both have braces. That would be my guess. Or maybe that's what Tracy wanted, because it's like the guys that the girls do want. Alright, so Norman's going to be with Brenda, and, of course, the girl reading the list, she says, and Hampton's with me. Alright, so I guess everyone gets what they want, right? Kisa is not on that list, I guess. I don't know. I'm trying to see, like, is she with the other girls? Because Dean didn't notice her there, so maybe she's not. I was going to say, because Dean also brings up, uh, you, you didn't mention Kisa. Yeah, I'm like, why didn't you mention Kisa? Oh, yeah, I mean, the girl with the list says, yeah, I mean, we asked her, but she didn't say if she liked anybody or not. So who's going to line up with Dean? Yeah, and the girl says, you know, I guess she'll figure it out herself. And then Dean's thinking, well, all right, Kisa's available then. Sweet, she was still available. No one scooped her up that we know of yet. Because meanwhile, I mean, this is all taking place in, like, the hallway outside of the little rec room area. So who knows what's going on on the inside. So while Dean's smiling to himself, the girl with the list says, just make sure the right boys go with the right girls for the movie tonight. You got it? It's almost like you better make this happen or there'll be trouble. He says, got it. I'll tell the guys our plan. As in, you girls and me. Okay. Not really. <laughs> not really. You're not like the other boys. You're more of a male house. Just... <laughs> I was also just Dean sophomore year in college when my crush Stephanie Peters had me try on shirts she was thinking of buying for her boyfriend. That's Garden. 
So, Corey is with Tracy. Racist. Norman will be with Brenda, and Hampton's with me. Um, so, you, you, you didn't mention Kisa. Yeah, we asked her. She didn't say if she liked anybody. Guess she'll figure it out herself. So, Kisa was available. Perfect. I can finally make my move. Just make sure the boys go with the right girls during the movie tonight. Got it. Got it. I'll tell the guys our plan. Excuse me. So, as Dean goes around the corner, here comes Lily, and she's like, oh, Dean, I hear some boys and girls talking about wanting to, like, like, yeah, she, she knows, like, something about a makeout party type of thing, like, whispers and whatnot. Yeah, she says, I hear some of these kids trying to plan, like, a makeout session. You know that she's hovering around those groups, and she's hearing the Lillian says, your sister was right. The house of the Lord is no place for making plans to act fast. Uh, no, no place to be acting fast, as in getting your Mac on, basically. He asked Dean, like, I'm still trying to find out who it is. Do you know anything about this? It's like, Dean, you know he's not going to say anything. Well, I hope he's not going to say anything and let the cat out of the bag. And Dean's like, well, now that you asked, I heard some kids possibly going to the offering room. During the movie. Oh! I see what he's trying to do here. He's like, okay, if I can have my mom in another place while the movie's going on, that way everything works out for us. Interesting! This kid's, he knows. He knows. Like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta save face here. You just pretend I don't know anything. And she's like, well, thank you for telling me. I will definitely be watching. Thank you for telling me. Oh, I, oh my gosh, what if she is like in there as the movie's playing and just keeping an eye on anyone who tries to leave together? But then that's not the thing. They're not wanting to leave during a movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, of, he's like, don't worry, I'll let you know. She's like, oh, of course you will. And she hugs him and says, you know, I don't have to worry about anything about you. And I was like, because you're a good boy. <laughs> You won't ever disgrace the family name. <laughs> I've already done that <laughs> five years ago. Baby, I'm so glad I found you. You know, I heard some of these kids trying to plan some kind of make-out session. Your sister was right. The house of the Lord is no place to be acting fast. So I'm trying to find out who it is. Do you know anything about it? Well, now that you asked, I did hear some kids were going to the offering room uh, during the movie. So, Dean goes to Corey and Hampton to give them the for one one to let them know. Oh, by the way, the girls have their own list. And Hampton says, "You went to the girls' side." And Dean says, "I'm always on the girls' side, apparently, as in they don't see me as a real guy for some weird reason." And, and Corey asks, like, well, did you at least let them know who we liked? And Dean says, it wouldn't have mattered. Okay, Corey, you're with Tracy. Which I guess is a win-win, though, right? Because he wanted, you know, Tracy was the girl that he was, you know, her and the other girl whose name just 
it's left my mind. <laughs> Hampton's with Tammy and Norman is with Brenda. Oh, and then when the camera kind of pulls up, we do see Norman is kind of tossing a football from one hand to the other. And Dean says, act surprised, okay? <laughs> I don't understand why Corey is irritated. You know, um, <laughs> she was, that was the girl that you were into anyway with, you know, Tracy. So, because he crumples up his, a list and just chucks it on the ground. He irritated. I'm like, dude, you got one of the girls that you want. Be happy about that. So, it turns out the girls have their own list of couples. You want to the girl side? Apparently, I'm always on the girl side. Did you at least let them know who we liked? What did it matter? So, all right, so now we're in the rec room slash movie room. You see the projector ready to go. The lights are already off. You see the boys going with their chosen girls. Ding. Sees his mom kind of, you know, wander off. Doing, probably getting ready to check that one air, that room for the, the offering room or whatever it is. For any people, you know, couple of kids sneaking off to make out. Um, he gets ready to go approach Kisa. And Charlene, it's like, here, Dean, look, I got a couple of seats. Seats saved for us. I even got, you know, candy and popcorn and everything. So she set her sights on Dean. This is adorable. But, of course, Dean's mind is already made up because he wants Kisa. But the question is, does Kisa want Dean, though? Because she's just hanging out with one of her girlfriends there, just, you know, sharing popcorn and just yakking. She doesn't look like she's waiting for any guy to come up and approach her or sit next to her or whatever she's purely content to just hang out with the girls you know and dean is mind is like, oh no 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 this is not how this is supposed to go and she says i even got our popcorn and candy and she says how she put the raisinets into her popcorn and then also did the same for dean's popcorn she she probably figured i like it maybe he also will like it i honestly Thinking back on it, I don't think I've ever put any type of candy in my bag of popcorn. But now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know why, but hot tamales or even Reese's Pieces in popcorn while the popcorn's hot and stuff and it melts like that, that just, that does sound good. Raisin, I mean, I like raisin nuts, don't get me wrong, but um, I don't know if I would want them in my popcorn. Actually, Sunmade has also kind of like the raisin, you know, chocolate-covered raisins, but they also have it in, like, chocolate and peanut butter flavor, which isn't, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's quite good. You think, like, uh, I don't know, I mean, you like chocolate, you like peanut butter, but sometimes some peanut butter just doesn't really go over too well, but this one actually does. So, and the back of Dean's mind is like, come on, say something. And he keeps glancing over at Kisa. And then the Reverend comes in and says, all right, everybody, quiet down. We're going to start the movie. Take your seats. So really, 
He really does. I don't know. I mean, unless he speaks up for himself, he's going to be sitting next to uh, Charlene, which she looks, she looks like a sweetheart of a girl. I really, really think, you know, it's a good fitting here. I mean, just because, like in the original Wonder Years, the times that Kevin and Winnie weren't together, you know, they were with other people. And... Yeah, I think maybe that's just kind of... Plus, I not. I wouldn't be surprised if Kisa's kind of a little salty still based on, you know, Dean getting angry with her and, and Corey, like, betraying him by, like, oh, you kissed the girl I had a crush on her and all that stuff. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. So it looks like we're going to watch The Ten Commandments. I've never seen that movie. How long is that movie, just out of curiosity? Let's let's take a look. Ten command... Maybe if I spoke... Commandments? I can't... Why is it bringing up Little Shop of Horrors? There's a Little Shop of Horrors movie from 1960? That one with Rick Moranis. I can't watch it because that scared, scared me. To, oh, there are a lot of... Oh my gosh... There's, of course, the one that everyone knows, Ten Commandments from 1956. So when they're watching it in 68, the movie's already 12 years old. They have the Ten Commandments from 1923, Theodore Roberts, Ten Commandments from 2007 with Ben Kingsley and Christian Slater, Ten Commandments miniseries from 2006. There's the Ten Commandments, the musical from 2006 with Val Kilmer. So interesting okay well i did not know that oh it's a long one it actually is longer than titanic three hours and 40 minutes everybody you are in for a long haul a big commitment I wonder if there's gonna be like an intermission there have to be an intermission right let's see the one from 1923 is only two hours and 16 minutes plus i think it, yeah it's in black and white um, how about the one from 07 is an hour and a half. Oh, it's animated. It's like, oh, wow, that is some bad CGI. I don't like that. Yeah, that is really bad CGI. What's, uh, the miniseries? Uh, let's, two episodes. Okay. Interesting. What's this one here? Oh, that doesn't say anything about the musical. How long is it? The musical's two hours. Wait a minute. What is this? Is this? Oh, it's a, it, yeah, it's a music. Okay. It's, okay. Let's move on. <laughs> Three hours and 40 minutes. That is a very long movie. But then again, I mean, does it say like what they cover in the Ten Commandments as far as, do they go all the way from the beginning? Oh, hold on. Let's see here. Moses, raised as a prince of Egypt in the Pharaoh's household, learns of his true heritage as a Hebrew and his divine mission as the deliverer of his people from slavery. So, wait, wasn't there... Sorry, I don't know why I'm yawning. It's like quarter to two in the after, well, afternoon. Well, I did go to this place called Maple Bacon. Um, it's a restaurant that's only open until three in the afternoon, but they serve like Canadian dishes and stuff like that. And I had, um, this apple dumpling, like cinnamon walnut pancakes 
It was very filling. I also got eggs and this type of like pea meal bacon, which they look like ham, small thin, you know, ham slice slices with the edges kind of cooked in like a type of cornmeal material. So it was good, but it's like when you eat that kind of stuff, it really, I don't know if it affects you like that, but it does make me kind of, which is sad because I'm going to be seeing uh, Belfast later this uh this afternoon um yeah cecil b demille is the director okay um yeah it doesn't uh 14,000 extras and 15,000 animals were used in the movie oh okay i'm just looking at prince of egypt that's like uh dreamworks animated movie of the the prince of egypt that has bell kilmer and ralph fion however you say his name he plays um voldemort in the harry potter films this is only an hour and 39 minutes i have not watched all of it but what i saw of it was really good it looks like the same movie uh joseph king of dreams look at like it's very same dreamworks animation type thing going on here so yeah all right let's move on okay yeah so dean looks over at Corey with the girl that he's with tracy and then he looks back over at kisa who's just you know sitting there and dean it's just, he's making it very aware to charlene that he does not want to be like, and she picks up on it right away. She's and she's not mad. She's like, oh, Dean, what's the matter? She's you know concerned, and he's like, I uh, I think I'm supposed to be sitting next to Kisa, and she is so nice and calm about it. Like, oh yeah, I mean that's fine, sure, okay. At least I mean that's how she's come. She comes off like she's a very understanding girl. Oh, okay, hold on, no, Charlene. Says, oh, it's fine. I thought she meant, oh, it's fine. Sure, you can go sit next to it. No. She said, oh, it's fine. I asked Kisa. She said that you two were just friends. Okay, so he's pretty much going to be sitting next to Charlene for the long haul. So, yeah. So, even if Dean did sit next to Kisa, I'm sure she would have made it very clear that she and he are friends and nothing was going to happen between them of a romantic interest. If anything, it's going to be more one-sided. He'd be interested, she wouldn't. And Charlene says, that's how I knew you were free to sit with me. And with that, she takes his hand, and I swear it's like she's got it in a death-like grip. Like, <laughs> you, a voice-like grip, like, taking your hand, gonna be here for the whole movie, all three hours and 40 minutes of this movie, I'm holding your hand. Oh, God. <laughs> and not to mention, I mean, what honestly could he say even, you know, to be honest, like, looking like that? Because it is the pastor's daughter. Heaven forbid he say something and then it gets back to the pastor, like, my daughter. Well, but she seems like such a nice girl that I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm curious to see how this is going to play out. Is Dean going to be honest with her say, I really, I don't like you like that? Or is he just going to zip his mouth and just sit there and put up with it it's like buddy i mean yeah she's not kisa but she likes you this girl likes you 
So it looks like somebody in the movie is dying, and I guess it's like a, whether it's a friend or a father saying to his son, like, death is better than bondage, as in, I don't want to keep working until I'm dead, basically. It's almost like he's saying, like, death is a release from the punishment that has been thrown, you know, thrown upon me. And it's almost like Dean is kind of seeing that as, uh, almost like, Maybe that's what he's thinking. Like, this feels like a punishment more than something you all are supposed to enjoy. Adult Dean in his mind, bruh, I can relate. As he <laughs> turns and looks at Charlene. The moment I had been waiting, plotting, <laughs> and was recently bullied by girls for. Ready. I was in the seat just for you. Charlene? No, 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 no. Actually, I was going to say, but these are our seats. I already got us popcorn and candy. I like mixing my raisinets with my popcorn, so I did yours too. Come on, say something. All right, ladies and gentlemen, quiet down and take your seats. Updates uh, now. Looks like they are going to take a five-minute intermission. How long, how far are they into the movie? It's three hours and 40 minutes, according to IMDb. <laughs> oh, I want to see that th over three-hour version of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. <laughs> I, I want to see that. I would sit through that. <laughs> so, and you hear Dean just, Ugh. <laughs> Pastor says, oh yeah, uh, well, let's do a five minute break. Five minute break? Usually intermissions, aren't they at least maybe 15, 20 minutes long? I don't know. I'm hearing the thing, yeah, when I was in a movie theater and I saw, the only time I ever saw it at this theater in Michigan called Quad Six, which was somewhere in Grand Rapids, it, I think they showed second rate, or not second rate, like, second round movie, so movies that have probably been out for like three months at that point. And we saw my grandma took me to see Honey, I Blew Up the Kid because I'd never seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids in the theater. So, and for whatever, I don't know what was going on with the film, but it was kind of janky or whatever, and then all of a sudden the screen just had a message on there saying we're taking like an intermission to get, you know, things fixed, like they're having technical issues or whatnot. And I just remember how... I was 10 at the time when that came out in 92. I just remember, like, looking back, it was like, I said something so stupid, like, oh my gosh, we should call this is an emergency. We should call 911. Or I don't know, something stupid like that. But 
Well, now that I look back on it, I'm like, yeah, that was a stupid response. But the movie got going. We finished watching it. It was great. I loved it. If you're looking for I uh, reviews on um, when I covered the trilogy, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves, that is on this SoundCloud page, looking back at my Wonder Years and Wonder Years podcast. I am really hoping for, and I know June, July, and August of 2022 are so far in the future, but I want to do the Free Willy trilogy. I'm not doing anything that came after the Bindi Irwin movie. I'm not even going to touch that. So, um, <laughs> I just keep it. And three, honestly, I, I saw that one in the theater. I would even say it felt kind of weak sauce a little bit, but I want to cover it because it's, you know, a trilogy. So I'll do that. And I really kind of, part of me wants to do I'm calling it the Airbud Trilogy. I know there are like three or more movies, and then you got the Air Buddies series after. I, if I cover those, I am only doing the first three. I am not complete going after that because, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's a bit of an undertaking that I don't think I want to do. But yeah. Also, I'm really. I think. I know I said I was going to do Stepmom for December, and I know I keep, like, it's been, like, two years. I'm like, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. But I really, I want to hold off. I really think that would be more fitting for Mother's Day for May. So I think I'll do that. Maybe, see, I'll see what I can do for, like, a, a funner, like, Christmas-type movie for December. An uplifting one that isn't uh, shrouded in sadness. <laughs> um, and then January through April, I really want to cover, like, the musical bios as far as, you know, Cole Miner's Daughter, La Bamba, Selena, and then the Jetsons and American Dream miniseries. That one, part of me feels like that one, because it's so long, might have to be broken up into two. But we'll see. So I thought that would be great. So that could cover January through April. And then May could be Stepmom. June, July, August could be the Free Willy trilogy. And then, you know. So, I don't know. You know what? It's still up in the air. Let's get back to the episode, though. I'm just brainstorming here. If you guys think this plan is a good idea, email me at lbomwonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear your thoughts. Or you could message me on the Facebook podcast page at Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. But I think I, I part of me kind of wants to go that route, so. <laughs> the Reverend, he, he's comical. I like him. He says, will uh, Pharaoh let God's people go? I don't know. Hey, you hear me, I'm done. <laughs> I swear it's like Hampton is this guy's hype man. The Reverend's hype man. <laughs> like, okay, calm down there, Hampton. Calm down. <laughs> so, for the five-minute intermission, Charlene says, I'm going to the bathroom. And the way that she puts an arm around Dean, like, squeezing him to herself like that. And he's just like, ugh. I'm not into this. 
well, she's into it. But then again, it's like, buddy, if you don't want this to happen, you need to shut it down with honesty and respect. The longer you don't say anything, the deeper into this lie that you're going to, you're going to be putting yourself, man. So Dean now is going to approach Kisa. What is he going to like, hey, why did you tell Charlene that you're just my friend? Or why did you tell her it was okay for her to sit by me or something? I, I think he's going to confront her. And then probably going to be honest with, like, yeah, well, I don't like anybody like that. I mean, you and I, yeah, we are friends. But we're nothing more than that. That's what I think anyway. So he goes up and he's like, hey. And she's just, I thought, I don't know. <laughs> what she was gonna but she was like, Ugh, what a snore, right? Now what movie would we as kids that grew up in the nineties, what movie will we have been like, ah, this movie's so boring but we're being made to watch it Bleh. I can't I can't think of what. I'm, I'm sure there's one like, oh my god, I'm watching this film. So Dean kind of breaks in with, so I heard uh, you were talking to Charlene. And she and Kisa's like, yeah, I mean, I, I told, she asked me if you liked anybody here, and I said I didn't think so. And Dean said, oh, why would you tell her that? And Kisa said, because you never told me that you like anybody. I'm, Kisa's being honest, Dean. What do you want her to think? Like, I know you like me, Dean, but I'm not interested. Or if you are interested, you should have spoken up or something to that effect. And Dean kind of comes back with, well, you never asked me if I liked anybody. And I'm sure she's going to say something like, well, do you like somebody? Like, kind of almost like leaving an opening there. Like, dude, if you're going to confess, it's confession time. Otherwise, you need to end this conversation because it's not really going in the direction that you'd want anyway. Unless she secretly does like him and is just kind of waiting for him to come forward. You know, these teenagers and their games, you know, they like to play these games like, do you like, like me, or do you like me? And then Kisa apologizes, like, oh, I'm sorry, I thought you'd be happy if somebody liked you. <laughs> but, of course, in Dean's eyes, it has to be the right somebody to like him. It can't just be any girl. It has to be the girl who's, like, standing right in front of him. And he asks, why? Because I'm just Dean? Dude, she's just... <laughs> Oh my gosh, this kid. Like, man, why are you trying to start something? I guess he's trying to get her... What is he trying to get her to say that she kind of likes him? Or that... Like, oh, because I'm just Dean, no girls would be into me or something like that. Oh my gosh. And she looks at him confused like, what? Like, like, humanly, what's going on here? You know, I thought we were having a conversation and you're turning it around. It's almost like he's having a poor me pity party. And he's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm glad. I should be glad that somebody likes me. And she's like, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> like, what happened here? Well, like, what? And she, she just like, okay, well, like, I'll see you at breakfast. And Dean's like, maybe you will. Dude, 
Okay, he's not Kevin Arnold level, thank the Lord, because we can only handle one of him when his outbursts. Dean's, honestly, it feels more comical. Well, Kevin's was kind of like, it's almost like the, oh, Dean, it just feels like kind of the Jerry Seinfeld and Jerry, like, he just get he doesn't get angry, he just gets loud and just, it's, <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> so, she's got, I guess, fresh baked cookies. She says, well, I was going to save them for after the movie, but you earned it. And Dean says, what, I did? How? And she, and Lillian says, thanks to the tip that you gave me, I found some kids getting fresh in the offering room. Oh, God. Well, you know, some were going to wander off. You know, it was dark. Who's going to see? Oh, two kids are taking off. Better go follow them. Okay, Hampton, calm down. Calm down. kids that are gonna head off to an, another room to go make out after lights out so she and the reverend are gonna keep watch and the fact and then Lillian noticed like Dean was hanging out with Charlene like I think that's good you know good kids always find each other oh yeah she also says you know some you know being some kids were getting fresh out it was outside of the offering room she leave that stuff for the hay what'd she say the cornfields and the haylofts and adult Dean comes in and says yeah my mom grew out in the country they pretty much tried to you know, get it wherever they could, basically. Wherever they could find a place to get down, they were able to find a place. I wouldn't want to do anything like that in a cornfield or a hayloft. Ooh. And I grew up in the country. Plus, I think I'm allergic to hay dust. So, Charlene comes up like, all right, we got five commandments left. Okay, so they basically hit the halfway mark. So... An hour and a half and 
Well, so, like, they're at the hour and 50 mark, then, I would guess, because if you add, you know, split the three hours and a half, that's an hour and a half each, and then you split the 40 and a half, that's 20, so whatever. Why am I doing math? Okay. I love how much you, all right, we got five commandments left. Let's go. And Jean's just like, oh, it makes me think of, like, a Sideshow Bob. <laughs> So Corey and Hampton are hanging out, and Dean comes in, and Corey says, wasn't that the best? And Hamilton, who is completely clueless, says, yeah, God reconciled with his people. But he clearly showed no interest in the girl that he was with. <laughs> because, uh, he, was, he was too into the movie, I'm sure. And Hampton says, the bush was on fire and talking. And Corey says, not the movie, Hampton, the girls. And Hampton's so oblivious, like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was cool, too. I'm like, dude, you didn't even pay attention to your date. She's probably like, you should have somebody else. You should have chose somebody else. Someone who wasn't into the movie. Okay, Hampton. He says, I got my first kiss. Okay, and they're like, what? What? <laughs> I love how Hamden says, Tammy made an honest man out of me. Like, <laughs> well, that, that surprised me because I thought he was too into the movie. Because the way he's like, yeah, the girls, yeah. And then it's, it's almost like he was hiding the information. Like, I'm going to drop this bomb. Yeah. <laughs> I had a kiss. The kiss was great. So Hampton asked Dean, do you kiss Charlene? And Dean's like, heck no. And Hamilton's a... Hampton, what do I keep saying? Hamilton. Hampton says, hey, watch your mouth. He said, heck, I can relax. So, Dean sees this as an opportunity to be able to, to have his first kiss be with Kisa. So he says, you know, Hampton, after you know spending all this time with Charlene, I kind of see that you two would make a great couple. My guess is Hampton's going to be like, no, I'm with... Tammy. Dean also adds how, you know, Pastor Relaford would like you because you both have so much in common. You know, with the church and God, Bible and everything. And Dean adds, I'd be willing to let her go, you know, for you. Sure. Love how the girls don't get a choice. Well, they kind of did when they made that list. But the way that Dean is like, I could, uh, have you take Charlene off my hands because you guys look like you'd make a cute couple. It's almost like he's talking about trading and dealing in baseball cards and stuff like that. And Hampton turns to Dean and says, Thou shall not commit adultery, Dean. Didn't you learn anything from watching this movie? Like, dude, you're not really married to Tracy just by kissing her. And Corey looks at Dean like, What's with you, man? You know, being with Charlene is a good thing. And Dean asks, Why is that? And we finally see Norman as he says, because women are complicated. And, okay, I mean, I don't know, but maybe Corey has some wisdom in this where he says, having a girlfriend makes other girls want to be your girlfriend. Oh, oh my gosh, you know what I'm just thinking? Oh, and Kevin was dating Becky Slater. Because he couldn't have Winnie at the time, so it's almost like 
just going steady for the state the sake of going steady so it's just so dean decides to just go with this so that way it's like well i can ride it out with charlene and then you know kisa can will want me even more because i'm unavailable or something like that hmm so Corey tells dean like hey if i were you i'd take advantage i mean that way you you make kisa jealous Okay, so I guess he's going that route. And what I honestly feel like that it was Kevin's M.O. when he got with Becky Slater was to, since Winnie's with somebody, she's unavailable, and if I'm with someone, I'll be unavailable, but it will make her want me more or something. Okay, Corey was applying chapstick. Okay, I was like, what is he? Oh, because I have the um, blinds open, so for some reason, even though the laptop is not by the blinds, it's still with the sunlight and stuff, it's creating a, a smidge of a glare. Not on the screen, but... So, Dean says that his mom and the pastor will be in the choir room, you know, trying to see for sneaking kids, kids sneaking in to go make out. So that means we could be in the sanctuary with the girls. Alright, interesting. And of course Hampton's like, the sanctuary? That's where they had my grandma's funeral. And Dean's like, don't be a chicken. I'm sorry, but if I had a loved one pass away in a certain room, you think I'm gonna go to that same room when it's empty and go make out? I don't think so. So Dean says, all right, let's wait till 10 minutes after everyone goes to bed, and then we'll go. We'll see how, if this doesn't backfire. And as Dean says, I was ready to put my new plan in motion. Well, we'll see how it goes. The best. Yeah. God, Rick and saw with his people. The bush was on fire and talking. Not the movie, Hampton. The girls. Oh, yeah. That was cool, too. I got my first kiss. What? <laughs> forced laughter and Charlene is looking at Dean like he's <laughs> kind of on a screw loose like what's so funny Dean and he's like ah, funny Andrew she's like, ah, like okay okay calm down you're turning into Hampton when he laughs at the pastor's joke it's a little too hard it's like he he sighed at like kind of out of the corner of his eyes kind of looking at Keese's reaction and she even is looking at him with a raised eyebrow like, dude, are you okay? What's your problem? It's like Dean is trying too damn hard. Oh, oh, this just feels so much like a Kevin Arnold, Becky Slater, Winnie Cooper thing of a jiggy going a, a triangle, if you will. And Charlene's like, oh, Dean, you're so funny. And then we see Kisa, and it, oh, I don't know whether it is working and she's getting jealous or whether she's like, Dean is just too much right now. Did you hear that? He was talking to me earlier with an attitude and everything like that. I, part of me, okay, on the low end, maybe she is getting jealous. On the higher end, it seems like she's almost getting irritated. But no, I'm getting a, oh my gosh. Oh, um, 
do you remember in the cartoon 101 Dalmatians where Pongo's trying to get Perdita and um, Anita's attention and he takes Roger's hat and then he runs around with it and then he's like kind of side-eyeing like seeing if Perdita and Anita are looking and he's going, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then finally Roger manages to catch Pongo and Pongo looks up as Roger's like clipping a, you know, le leash to his collar and sees that Anita and Perdita are like walking out of the park. Like, well, they're clearly not impressed. <laughs> Have you ever tried to do that where you're trying to be a little too, like, trying to impress someone and you're, like, being, like, goofy or whatever, but you, it turns out it kind of backfires, like, it, it's not really working and they find it more annoying than anything else? <laughs> so, Dean's like, hey, I love your elbows. And Charlene's, oh, you noticed. She's so surprised. I think she's kind of had a thing for Dean, and that's why she was going to Kisa, just making sure, like, hey, is he with anybody? Does he like anybody? And as soon as Kisa gave him, like, nah, I don't think he does. And that was Charlene's red, uh, green light to go for it. But, and the fact like, oh, I notice everything about you, or something like that. And then she's like, hey, want to see something cool? Yeah, Charlene hops down uh, onto the stairs and says, hey, you guys want to see something? Curl close. Here's kids all around. She's like, okay, turn off the lights. Oh, my gosh, it's going to be a make-out sesh. Right? Right? And she turns, like, a little light. She turns the lights off, and then Charlene, like, turns this little white light that's kind of at the base of the stained glass window with, like, the, the lambs and stuff like that. And all the kids are like, oh, wow. Ooh, they're really impressed. And Dean is like, hey, I think we should go up there and get a closer look. What do you think? Yeah, he's making his move. <laughs> so they go, I guess, upstairs or something. Because it looks like they're walking down some stairs. So, and he kind of looks over in Kisa's direction to see if she's watching. And she kind of is. But I really, I don't think it's because she is jealous. I don't think so. I mean, Dean, honestly, he is being very, very obvious. And I think, even though they're teenagers, I think he's just like, he is really trying too hard. Whatever this is, this act. It's, mm. <laughs> What's so funny? <laughs> Seriously. going down the steps. Dean's like, oh, careful, watch your step. And Charlene's like, oh, Dean, you're such a gentleman. And then he's like, hey, can anyone else see us up here? Did I leave the door open? Because he clearly wants Kisa to see 
him kiss Charlene. Okay, here's what I think is going to... I think that they are going to get caught by Lillian and the pastor. I really think so. So... Charlene says, no, it's just us. And she grabs him. He's definitely surprised by this because he's not expecting it. Because they're both, like, on opposite sides of the wall of this set of stairs. And the way that she, like, leans and grabs him, kisses him, he's like, ah! And they fall into some water? I'm guessing this is where they baptize people? I'm like, I'm like, this isn't a pool. What is this? So, they fall into some water because, ah, they scream. You know that this is going to alert some adults. Like, what is going on? I mean, if the pastor and Lillian don't hear the screams, like, ah, then. Oh, there is one, really. So, they're both coughing, sputtering from the baptismal water. And Charlene is like, why would you do that, Dean? Dean, I thought you liked me. Oh, and is he going to admit the truth? Like, I was just using you to make Kisa jealous. If he says that, it's like, dude, you know that all the other kids are down there watching this go down. I think they're going to get caught. And I think that Charlene's going to get her heart broken by Dean. So here comes the pastor and Lillian's, like, why are the lights off? What are you kids doing in there? And Lillian's like, Dean Jeremiah Williams. And, of course, I'm sure that the pastor's going to say Charlene's whole name. Like, what are you kids doing? Yeah, the pastor's like, what are y'all doing in here? Get to bed where you're supposed to be. Oh, my God. So yeah, Dean does not have a chance to even answer her. Like when she asks, I thought, why, why did you do that, Dean? I thought you liked me. And of course, before he can answer, here come his mom and Pastor Williams because they're splashing around. I didn't even know that that's what that was because when they're going down steps, you're seeing this water, and I'm like, this is, and I've never seen anything like that before. That's interesting. Dean adds, the commotion I caused was a perfect distraction for the weasels in the making out in the quieter room. Yep. So, it's nighttime. The pastor, I guess, is guarding the door. He would be if he were awake because he's sleeping just outside the door of the rec room, snoring in a chair. And Dean says how he, he knew he was risking life and limb, but there's something he had to do. So he goes to apologize to Charlene. And he says, look, I'm sorry about the whole baptismal pool thing. He said, you know, I didn't mean to push you. And she looks up at Dean and says, you know, I, I 
cut. We were having fun together. Because <laughs> she honestly thinks that Dean likes her. You know, they're getting along, laughing, having a good time. And Dean sits next to her and says, you know, we were. I mean, I just, I didn't know that you were going to, you know. It's like, yeah, you kind of, you did catch him off guard by surprise. You guys were standing on stairs. So, of course, the reaction, if you're not expecting something, it's probably to push somebody away. Or you're going to, you know, stumble on the stairs or something. So, yeah, that was going to happen. If they hadn't fallen into that baptismal pool, then his mom... And her dad never would have come running. And Dean says, I think you're nice, Charlene. And Charlene knows. She's like, Dean, I knew you always kind of liked Kiza. And she says, you know, I could tell by the way you looked at her is kind of the same way I always looked at you. This is so sweet. She's being so honest. It's almost like... Dean's always had a crush on Kisa for a long time. But we didn't know Charlene has had a crush on Dean for quite a while. And Kisa, or Kisa, uh, Charlene says, yeah, send up googly eyes. And Dean's like, well, I don't have googly eyes. It's just the way the glasses make my eyes look. Like, well, yeah, probably thick prescription. It's going to make your eyes magnetize more than they normally would be. And Charlene and see, that's why I like you. You're just Dean. And then Dean, in his head, is thinking, Suddenly being Justine didn't sound so bad after all. It's like, yeah. And she probably likes him because, you know, he doesn't play games. He doesn't mess around. Even though he kind of was, you know, playing a game, you know, with her feelings and stuff. Pretending he liked her when he really liked Kisa. I think everyone knows that Dean likes Kisa. And I'm pretty sure deep down that Kisa knows that Dean likes her. Adult Dean comes on and says, you know, at that age I was so focused on my first kiss that... It's the second one that turned out to be the best. Yeah, because they both lean in at the same time. They kiss. It's so sweet. It's so adorable. I was risking life and limb going against my mom's direct orders, but there was something I had to do. Kiss. And yet to this day, the second kiss is what I remember best. 
So yeah, we're in church at the end of the episode, and Charlene looks over and waves at Dean, and he waves back. Aww. I love how Lillian just kind of looks at Dean, like, hmm, what went on during that lock-in sleepover? So, of course, the pastor says after the church service, like, I wasn't expecting this kind of behavior from Dean. And Lillian and Bill were like, well, we didn't either. We were expecting more from him. So, of course, but we see Charlene and Dean smiling at each other. Oh, that's so sweet. And, of course, in Dean's head, he's like, and who got to make out? Just Dean. I love Kim, how she's right behind Dean and kind of nudges him with the, her shoulder. Like, all right, little brother. <laughs> and Bill assures the pastor, I can assure you it will never happen again. And Lillian says, yep, and I, I got a belt that can <laughs> fix showing you're behind in church. What? And Bill's like, okay, Lillian. Like, okay, honey. <laughs> Save that for later. We don't need to talk about uh, punishing our kid in front of the pastor. Yeah, Bill's like, honey, let's not act in anger, okay? Just calm down. So, we will definitely seek the Lord's guidance on how to properly punish Dean. So, as Dean says as the episode ends, man plans, God laughs, and how Dean says that, you know, he had a plan for the lock-in. My parents thought it would help me discover my passion for the church. And Dean thinks, you know, he thought it would land to him, you know, leading to his first kiss with Kisa. As we see Kisa kind of glancing over her shoulder at Dean, like, hmm, is she jealous? Hmm. And Dean says, in a way, we were all right about what we were, uh, we were all right as what was going to happen, just not in the way we expected it to happen. So that was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. As far as worst outfit of the episode, I don't. I don't have one. It to me, worst outfit is just it's really bad. It got to be really gaudy, just really unappealing looking. And I didn't have one for this episode. But best, I really, I just, I liked Charlene's how her hair was styled. When she was with the, it was just really cute, you know, pom poms on, you know, the side of her. It's just adorable. Loved it so much. So, the, I think I'm going to actually do two episodes in one podcast episode again with six and seven. 
uh, episode six of season one called Be Prepared that was released October 27th, 2021 in this episode. When Coach Long and Bill take the boys on a camping trip as part of their newly formed scout troop, their starkly different approaches to the outdoors show Dean that his father isn't good at everything. And then the next episode is going to be Season 1, Episode 7, Independence Day. Bill comes up with a solution for Kim's car desires, but the solution is only pleasing to him. Dean is worried about seeming uncool when Clisby ends up chaperoning him and his friends. I'm guessing this might be a grandfather from what I've seen on, um, you know, following the kids that are on the show and their Instagrams and stuff. And also, another, if you're looking to get your new Wonder Years information, the best Facebook page to find that is the the new Wonder Years. It's got so much behind the scenes, just so and songs of the episode, which I'm not really finding too much here. But, alright, so I did say after the episode I want to do trivia and any reviews. There is no trivia. There is one review. Gives it a 9 out of 10. This was published October 21st, 2021. Titled, Ah, To Be 12 and the Magic of That First Kiss. One thing that I love about The Wonder Years is that it does make the audience remember the same experiences of being a preteen. Laughed out loud many times during this out, ep, felt bad for Dean and cheered at the end. He may have gotten what he wanted anyway. Just, yeah, he did. I mean, yeah, he didn't get his first kiss with Kisa, but he did get his first kiss with a girl that turned out she liked Dean as much as Dean was crushing and liking Kisa. So, yeah. So the couple clips I want to play, of course, kind of sort of in common with this episode is the study as she goes where Kevin just jumps on going after Becky Slater and just throwing himself into a relationship that he doesn't want because Winnie is unavailable. And yeah, they're at the ice skating rink and Winnie asks Kevin like, Hey, do you mind skating with Becky Slater? And then Kirk McCray comes up, you know, her boyfriend at the time, and skates off with her. So Kevin, pretty much realizing he doesn't have much options, and this probably could be a way to make Winnie jealous. So, yeah. Was it more intense hostility? <laughs> Becky Slater? Weeks of waiting in the wings, and all I get is Becky Slater? I'll give you Becky Slater.
Elm Street? Here we go. Serve up my love life for a little dinner conversation. Honey, remember the Slaters we met him last fall at the PTA fair? A uh, Barney Slater? No, tire business, right? Yeah. Little Becky Slater, huh? She's a cute one, Kevin. Why do mothers always feel at liberty to discuss your love life at the dinner table? Probably the same reason they feel it their business to check the crotch of your pants in the middle of a crowded clothing store and say plenty of room in there. Maybe he doesn't want to talk about it, Yeah, right, but he won't do that for money. relationship not caring about Becky at all and just now that she's 
dragging him when she around school to talk to her friends and doing the cats in the cradle and this and that. And even Paul, who's dating now dating Carla Healy, both guys see their time as really being monopolized by their now girlfriends. Even Becky's calling him during dinner at home. And then, of course, he has to hear it from his family. Oh, you're dating Becky Slater? You're going steady? Oh, she's such a cute girl, Kevin. Of course, Norma has to ask, like, well, what happened to Winnie Cooper? And Kevin's like, I have no idea. And Jack is even like, hey, do you kids still do the ID bracelet thing? And Kevin's like, no, I don't. Which is weird because in two seasons, in season four, he does give an ID bracelet to Winnie as an anniversary gift. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, they're at the skating rink, and you know that he is just... <laughs> Becky, oh my gosh, she's like, oh, we don't talk anymore, are you okay? Did I do something wrong? You know, that kind of stuff. Oh, and Kevin's like, you know, we gotta talk. And then here comes Winnie Cooper, and Kevin just starts flirting heavily with Becky in front of her, like trying to make her jealous or something. So, uh, well, and the fact that even during dinner, it's like, look, I, she's just, Becky Slater is just one of Winnie Cooper's stupid little friends. I didn't even know this girl. I'm going to break up with her as soon as I get the chance. Is that okay for everybody that you know everything that's going on now? Ay, ay, ay. So, Kevin, to Kevin's surprise, because he wants to break up with Becky Slater, but hearing from Paul and Carla that Becky's going to be breaking up with him first, because they catch him in the hall, and they have these forlorn, sad looks on their face, like, oh, Kevin, I'm so sorry. Becky told me to tell you she's going to break up with you. Still not over Winnie Cooper. Yeah, exactly. Well, that did it. I headed up to here with Winnie Cooper. It was time to lay it on the line to force her hand. For your information, I don't like Winnie Cooper. Tell me about it. All right, I used to like her, but I don't anymore. Yeah, sure. I don't. I don't even really know you. Oh, I don't know you, and I like you. 
time in a jerk you. It's just this Because when he told me to. <laughs> I don't know. Wait! Right, there goes my bus. Well, you don't look too far. <laughs> Alone with Becky, I felt a warmth, an attraction, a tenderness for another girl for the first time since I'd lost Winnie Cooper. You're such a jerk! Thanks for nothing! I have to fucking walk home. My fucking legs, duh. Yeah, you just woke up with no. me and you want to walk me home. I did like Winnie Cooper. I don't anymore. And this whole going steady thing. And and Becky even calls him on it. Like, why did you ask me if you didn't want to go? Because he's like, look. Because she, she asked, like, do you even like me? He's like, well, I don't really know you. And she says, well, I don't know you, but I like you. I'm thinking, why? He's been kind of a jerk to you. Basically using you in front to make Winnie jealous and whatever. It's just... And then the fact that they're outside waiting for the buses and they're kind of, you know, he's basically calling it quits. Like, look, I didn't even really want to do this going steady thing. So he's basically breaking up with her, <clears throat> even though she technically broke up with him, or at least according to Car Carla and Paul. And then her fucking bus pulls away, which they're only going to allow you so much time to gaggle outside the damn bus where it's like, Either you're getting on or you're not. And you're not? Okay. Well, I got all these other kids. I like, I had to get home to dinner. I still got to take all these damn kids home. So, yeah. Like, damn it, I missed my bus. So, he's like, hey, how are you going to get home? I'm thinking, her fucking leg. She's already walking in that direction. She's like, hey, let me help you. I'll carry your books. She's like, don't do me any favors. So, it's like, no, seriously, I want to. And... We hear in Kevin's voiceover, like, he finally, he's feeling something for the first time for a girl that isn't Winnie Cooper. So, I think in that gesture, taking her books and helping her home, because, you know, he knows it's kind of her his fault that she got stranded by her bus. So, yeah. And then, of course, I want to play when they actually, he does break up and he admits, I still have feelings for Winnie Cooper. Becky. <laughs> Poor little Becky. In all this confusion, I'd forgotten all about her. But now there was only one thing to do. I had to tell her the truth. And not through any go-between, but face-to-face. Like a man. <laughs> oh, God. Look at her. Poor, sweet flower of a girl. <laughs> God, I hated to hurt her. 
Oh, knocked him on the floor. up with her and he's so worried about who Winnie like likes that he's forgotten that he's still in a relationship with Becky Slater and he goes to break it off with her like hey look we can still be friends because he puts a hand on her shoulder she's in a empty classroom like coloring a really colorful I don't know if it's a butterfly or what it butterfly or whatever and he's like hey we can still be friends and he puts it like there 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 it'll be okay you'll find someone else and she Slows you. Friends! I'll give you friends! Right in the face. Knocks him flat on the floor and walks out of that empty room. And Kevin just realized, like, I don't know anything about women. Let me be frank. Let me be very clear. I don't know anything about women. And then they, of course, go into a Star Wars fantasy. But I just wanted to show that just in comparison with this episode about Dean... It, it just kind of feels like it. he's doing this until Kisa, like, comes around and shows her interest in him or something to that effect. That's what I'm guessing, anyway, but I want to show, I love showing these comparisons between the OG Wonder Years and the new Wonder Years, so enjoy. If you haven't yet and you want to support the show, reach out to the email at lbomwonderyearspodcast at gmail.com or the Facebook page, the Wonder Years Looking back at my Wonder Years and Wonder Years podcast, or so you can follow along to what episodes I'm doing now that I'm covering the new show. And if you want to show support by leaving a rating and review, just type in the Wonder Years podcast, the Wonder Years podcast, looking back at my Wonder Years. Just type that in, Wonder Years Podcast. It will come up in the search. Scroll down to where it says leave a review. And leave a review. You can use emojis. I would love if you want me to try to figure out which character is which from either show, whether the OG Wonder Years or the new one, I would gladly love to give it a try. So any five-star review of the podcast gets helped. It get noticed by other Wonder Years new and old Wonder Years fans like yourself. So, all right, everyone, have a wonderful December. It's December 1st, and I'll be back with episodes 6 and 7. So, it'll be <laughs> the... Now I'm blanking already. Hold on a second. <laughs> it'll be... <clears throat> Quinn, what are you doing? You're not getting in the closet. Quinny, there's nothing in there for you, baby. So, be prepared, which is episode six, and Independence Day, which is episode seven. So I'm looking forward to, I am loving this show, by the way. I am really loving this show. So definitely, I want to see if maybe I can link, like, the Wonder Years, it's a group, 
the new for the new Wonder Years. So if I can like put that on my page so that way you guys can check it out. It's so fun. They talk to some extras on the new show and stuff. It's and their experience is awesome. Just definitely check it out. So I did lower the F bombs here. I am starting to do that a little bit. It just depends on your own situation. So but enjoy. Bye bye everybody.